episode 390, currently streaming, fall 2022. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with Evan David. Hello, I'm back. And we are here to talk about what are we streaming right now, since we aren't watching network television at all. Yeah. Either of us. <laughs> but we're streaming stuff, so there's that. Yeah. Now, the network television, is that still a thing? It is. It is. And basically what it is is feeding streaming services so yeah. that you have something else you can watch too while you're streaming stuff. Um, honestly, if there's anything that's going to bring me back to a network television show, it might be Quantum Leap. Ah, uh, yes. I've I, heard about I might be trying to catch that live, but... You don't have to anymore. You, yeah, you, you just, just wait. You don't. I In some cases, you don't even have to wait. You have to wait like 24 hours. Yeah. I remember years ago when the new V series came on. Yes. And I was so, I felt fine about missing it because I knew it was just going to show up streaming the next day on their uh, website, you know, ABC or whatever it was. Uh -huh. And it was behind a paywall. And so uh -huh. I couldn't watch the pilot episode and the second episode. And so they lost me completely. And I never was went traveling. I was traveling around the country during that time. And so I didn't have a steady TV. So I bought each episode as it came out on iTunes. Oh. Uh, and I, I had no history with the show. I was just intrigued by the premise. So I didn't even know it was a remake or anything. Well, I did that with Battlestar Galactica. I bought the season. So I wasn't watching it on Friday when everyone else was watching it on Friday. I was watching it on Saturday morning. I would get the kids going with some cartoons. And then I would go in my office and, and watch the new episode of Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. And... I did that with Smallville. <laughs> uh, but now it's, you know, even less like... I don't have to worry nearly as much as I did back then because the V thing really threw me and really put me off too. Like, I was just like, look, if you're going to do this, then you, you lost me. You lost me. Why would I even bother? So now it's, Hey, we're just going to throw six episodes at you to hope you're going to not stop paying for it. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about is just these short seasons of things that we're watching right now. Uh, if you're just just checking in with us, you've never listened to Strangers and Aliens before. Strangers and Aliens is a podcast about science fiction and fantasy and faith and Christianity. And I think that there might even be some faithy things that we can talk about with some of these series. But um, today is going to be more, yeah, just kind of walking through what are we watching on the streaming services here in fall 2022 most of it is going to be new i think but we might try and sneak in a couple old things <laughs> at least i played to streaming huh? or that we've never that we're restreaming or that we've never seen before and it's new to us uh mm -hmm. that we are restreaming but it's part of my regular weekly streaming habits right now all right so 
Yeah. Uh, we haven't decided, though, Evan, uh, what we're going to do about spoilers. Oh, yes. Well, it's not going to be fun to talk about a lot of these without spoilers. Yeah, that's going to be difficult. So I don't know. Do we do a spoiler organ situation? I For each one? Well, no, I mean, gen- like, we talk about things, all of them in general, you know, terms here, and then after the spoiler organ. Well, Boy, that's going to be hard because... Yeah, it is. Oh, man, we got to be careful. Let, let's just... This is a spoiler episode, people. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about She-Hulk. We're going to talk about Rings of Power. Um, so if and those are the newest. Those ones are the those are the probably the big spoiler ones. If we we're going to jump yeah. into spoilers, because lower decks, I don't think anyone's going to care about yeah. spoilers, <laughs> and I don't think our conversation is going to need to go deep without talking about spoilers. So unless you really really care about some K dramas, I don't know if you're going <laughs> to. So, so I got some things to say. We're going to be careful. <laughs> And not go too deep into spoilers with Rings of Power and She-Hulk, but we're definitely going to step into spoilers with Rings of Power and She-Hulk because, yeah, there's no way we can talk about it without mentioning, oh, remember when so-and-so did such and such? I also have some questions to ask you about Thor Love and Thunder since I have now seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, my son is watching it right now as Very I speak. Cool. So if you hear, you know, classic rock coming over the microphone that's because he hasn't turned it down like i asked him to but nice. I think he has so yeah because today is disney plus day it is disney plus day and they dropped love and thunder and pinocchio did you watch that i've watched the first half of that with my children hmm. any good i am i'm very impressed actually oh really yeah okay. yeah all right. Well, I I'm I've been hesitant with that one. Was it directed by Robert Zemeckis? Did I yes. see that? Yep. Okay. And, so this uh, might be his 3D it, movie that wins me back. Yeah. Well, well, if you weren't a fan of his other 3D movies because of the Uncanny Valley, a yep. movie about living puppets might not be the remedy for you. So, but is it good looking? It is. Is he yeah, dead eyed? No. Okay. It's interesting because they've, he doesn't have physical eyes. It's their eyes have been painted on right by Geppetto. And so the paint is moving and that's what's, that's what his eyes are moving. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But you can do that with special effects and make it you look really can. good, but you can also try and do a human eye with special effects and just completely fail and creep out half the population. Yep. I worked with someone, by the way, who that was her favorite movie. Who? Polar Express. Yeah, me. Because I'm a man. I didn't work with you. We've worked together. Uh, I mean, like she was on staff on my. We were employed by the same organization at the same time. St. Martin Missionary Church. Oh, Count when I was the janitor and you were working over in the office part time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fine. I I was trying to say that I work with someone who is like you, but I guess I work with two people who are like you. One of them being you. Yes. Okay. Past Evan. (laughs) Anyway, she. uh, It was also a point of contention for our working relationship. Oh, seriously? Because, <laughs> yeah, though she would bring it up every once in a while, and I would be like, oh. And then she'd be like, you don't like that movie. I know you don't. And <laughs> she judged me, and I judged her. <laughs> Not really. Judgment happened. Um, All right, well, let's get into the streaming. Let's talk about streaming. All right, so let's talk about stuff that are not Rings of Power and not She-Hulk first. And I think... Okay. Starting point for you and me together is Lower Decks, which is the new Star Trek animated series. There's a new season just started. Yep. And well, I really enjoyed the first two seasons and this is more of that. So (laughs) it's true. (laughs) uh, So I'm, I'm liking it so far. Uh, Interesting. It's interesting that they're putting Beckett Mariner in with the uh, 
the superior officer that she least she likes the least. I think that's going to make for some fun interactions. And it has so far. I mean, yeah. it really has. And I just, I keep going back to if this show was a show that you could turn on if you were living in the Star Trek universe, I would feel so much better about it because it's just a little too breaking the fourth wall for Star Trek for my my taste. But it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it pokes fun at Star Trek so well. And it because it goes it does the deep dives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does the deep dives. Uh today's episode, I was texting with uh Stuart from Welcome Level yet. Seven about it. And well, I was just gonna say there's it references the animated series. And I'm like, <laughs> as much as I as much as I don't like this show being canon, it is referencing a show that I do want to be canon and saying it's canon. Now, nice. will anyone else notice? These references, you know, you've you got to be a certain kind of person to have watched the animated series, the original animated series enough to recognize some you know, little little Easter eggs there. But yeah, so I, I mean, they're taking some deep dives. Speaking, and... Well, speaking of that, remind me to talk about Young Justice later because I did stream that. Um, but yes, they are doing deep dives um, and even like I am just. I have a cursory knowledge of the deep dives that they're taking. And I'm like, ah, a deep dive. But I, I don't, you know, I myself have not taken that deep dive, but I just know that somebody else. <laughs> well, and that's the other kind of fun thing about it is you don't have to take the deep dive to kind of see they're doing things, you know, like when they're making certain jokes, there's certain jokes where you just like, why are they even making that joke? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does. It does. <laughs> But it's because they're speaking that Star Trek language. But on the flip side of that, it feels like, well, I mean, it's just a sci-fi comedy, you know? And yeah, so I would still love it more if it wasn't canon. But at the same time, man, do I love it. It's so good. Well, I was telling Ben offline that if you are interested in something like that, but a clean family-friendly version... Uh, you should check out Netflix's Dogs in Space, which is basically that. It's a it's a clean version of of Lower Decks, but with with dogs in space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the title that yep. it's gonna give what it's what it promises. So yes, the uh, so humanity has. Uh, ruined the Earth, obviously, and they need to find a new home planet. And so they genetically augment dogs to go out and fetch a new planet for them. Um, and so... They... <laughs> Is that your... Uh... No, no. That's that, theirs? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, perfect. So, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> so it's they've created Dog Starfleet, and the, their sole purpose is to fetch a new planet for their humans. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. So uh, Lower Decks is part of my Thursday morning routine right now, which was, it was kind of nice when uh, the school year started. Actually, I shouldn't say it's been kind of nice. It's been a little difficult, but we've sent our son to middle school instead of doing homeschooling this year. Ah. And so now when I wake up, I don't have to like get him going on schoolwork and then I can sneak around and like watch, you know, whatever I'm watching. Uh I don't have to do that. I can just watch whatever I'm going to watch. And so uh, Lower Decks is part of my my routine. And then uh, She-Hulk along with that being being Thursday shows, Thursday releases. Nice. And was Obi-Wan Kenobi Thursday release? Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay. Yes, which, which threw me because I sat down Wednesday night to watch She-Hulk, the premiere. Yes. And, and I was sorely disappointed. You are not the only one. They released that information that day, I think. Oh, goodness. That it was going to be on Thursday instead of Wednesday. But the other thing that was releasing on Thursdays was Orville with their uh, final season. And so I was watching that on, on Thursday morning as well. Um, did you watch the final season of Orville? No. Okay. I plan to, but I just haven't gotten around to it. 
Yeah, it's strong. It's more of the same. It's like Lower Decks. It's it's more of the same. Uh, the difference being some of these episodes are longer than an hour. They are almost feature length episodes. Wow. Cool. And they are almost feature quality special effects and action in some of those wow. episodes. And so the second to last episode is the big season finale explosive. We're going to throw everything into it. And that's nice. But then the season finale is the this is the end of our show and we're going to say goodbye to our characters with some very nice moments and oh, we are going to have this philosophical discussions and i i was just blown away by a show that i thought was going to be just lower decks right yeah yeah it was just going to be jokes and we're making fun of star trek and instead it was <laughs> we're not we're going to tell jokes but we're not going to make fun of star trek we're actually going to just copy it directly yeah. And exactly. We're just going to do it. We're just going to uh, make Star Trek. <laughs> and I like Star Trek so much. And I remember playing Captain, you know, when I was a kid. And so now I'm going to pay myself, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to sit in the captain's chair and play Captain on screen. And yeah. he's, yeah. uh, and it's a good gig if you can get it. That's what I'm going to say. Like, I wouldn't mind being paid thousands of dollars to create a show where I'm just being a captain but yeah it it ends well it carries through with you know the political discussions and different things like that there was an episode that i got angry at honestly and i wasn't angry at the morality of it there was some stuff in other episodes where i was like i know where they're coming from and it's not the same place that i'm coming from but there was an episode that i was like the characters chose to do something and i was angry at the characters and I'm like, no, that was the wrong thing. You shouldn't have done that. And I'm not going to say much more than that, but it was a really strong episode, kind of a prime directive, kind of a moral quandary. And I'm just, hmm, I'm, I'm surprised how emotionally invested I am in the decisions these characters are making. Cool. So, so that's the Orville, which was done a few weeks ago. And yeah, oh, and then the other Thursday morning show was Orville and Strange New Worlds, but we've we've talked about that a little bit. Yes, yes, uh, I I enjoy that show too. I haven't finished that season either. Um, I'm almost there, almost done with the season. So now my Thursday morning is Lower Decks and She Hulk. And nice, yeah. Do so hear about the K dramas, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the K dramas <laughs> because. Sounds like to me, the way you described it off mic or off recording, I should say, was Mm -hmm. you watched one and then it recommended a bunch. Yeah. Then the floodgates. Now you're knee deep. The the algorithm was like, wait, this person will watch (laughs) (laughs) K-dramas. Unleash the hordes. So what are you watching? What's the deal here, man? Well, Shantae and I were looking for something to watch together. And then we found this one K-drama show. We're like, oh, let's check it out. So it was called This Is My First Life, I think it was called, um, which is uh, – doesn't. it's not as pagan as it sounds. It's <laughs> it, it's uh, the, the theme of the – and I thought that was very uh, uh, poignant. The, the theme of the show is that you know, don't fret about you making mistakes – or perceive mistakes in what you're doing in life because this is everybody's first time being alive. You know, this is my first life, that sort of thing. So, so we're all amateurs, right? Exactly. We're all just figuring it out. Yes. So the first one I watched, it was pretty good. It's, it was a little romance drama thing where it was, uh, this girl who she has to move out of her house for various reasons. She has nowhere to stay and so she ends up staying with this guy who's le- uh, renting out his room, and all he wants is a, you know, a person who will obey his apartment tenant rules. And so she signs up. They don't realize that they're the opposite gender yet because they're on opposite schedules. So that goes on for a little bit, and then they realize, <laughs> oh man, I've been living with this other person. And so eventually they decide to get married so that they can keep living together, but nobody will ask any questions because she's the perfect tenant and he's giving her a place to stay. So it's like, it's this really, you know, crazy situation, but it turned, it's, it's adorable. The whole, 
the whole thing. And eventually, of course, they do fall in love and get married for real. Um, and then we just watched one called My Hollow Love, which was actually really interesting. It's about a guy who makes uh, the first artificial intelligent, uh, kind of like Siri, um, and this girl falls in love with him. And there's a lot, there was a lot, actually a lot of action and intrigue and, um, yeah, it was, it was very, very good. You could tell, like, as soon as we started watching, I'm like, oh, this is the show with the budget because there were, <laughs> you know, car chases and all sorts of stuff. It was cool. So yeah, there you go. And if you watch those, you're going to find out about a lot more. They're all going to show. It's like, it's like you should give us a cookie. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> If you give Netflix a K-drama, chances are they're going to show you more. Exactly. Same thing with anime. If you watch an anime on Netflix, they'll show you everything. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So what else? What else are we streaming? Uh, Oh, let me talk about Young Justice. Because what you just described happening with Star Trek, where they've inadvertently made canon the thing that you loved that was that you wanted to be canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happened with Young Justice. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Young Justice. Um ever since it's uh been taken over by HBO Max, they've turned the wokeness up to 11. But if you can ignore that, it's the best DC TV show of all time. And there was one episode I was watching where they go to Oa. And when they go to Oa, they they take the continuity of the Green Lantern animated series that I love so much that was unceremoniously canceled with a cliffhanger ending. And they've adopted that continuity and they just brought all the characters back and continued the continuity with the same voice actors and everything. And I was, I was <laughs> shouting at the television. I was like, this is awesome. I mean, they, they, they found a back door to revive this show that was much beloved and, and canceled. So, yeah. So it it was canceled at the same time as the original Young Justice run was canceled um, because some, I guess new people took over the DC television and they replaced all of those great shows with Teen Titans Go. Um, which which has brought hours and hours and hours and hours of joy to my family. Yes. I mean, it's very but. <laughs> That's uh, my lower decks. That's the one I don't want to be canon. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> That's probably a pretty close analogy. Uh, yeah. But regarding your uh, joy of the thing that was dumped and then brought back into canon, that's, that's mm-hmm. a little, that's a little deeper and stronger than than my own, which is like in, in an episode, and I can't remember if it's season one or season two of Lower Decks. Um, they just look up and there's a giant Spock skeleton in his uniform from the original TV series. And that's because that's the episode of the animated series that kind of made people turn against it as being canon. Cause it's just huh. ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous moment where there's a giant Spock that gets cloned from real Spock. And he, at the end of the episode, they just leave and he exists out there somewhere. <laughs> And I remember reading, I think, I can't remember if it was the letters page to the Star Trek comic book, or if it was in like a Starlog magazine article or something like that. Uh, but where they're like, yeah, if the animated series is canon, then that means there is a giant Spock out there somewhere that's just living life and doing stuff. And Gene Roddenberry himself said the animated series was not canon. And he said that about, about like Star Trek five as well. But then there was, you know, Paramount's stance, which was if it's on screen, it's canon. And it's not only canon, it takes precedence over anything on the page, any comic book or, or book or whatever. And but there's just this kind of back and forth about the stupid canon from <laughs> the animated series. And here it is on screen with Lower Decks, which is just absolute canon. Lower Decks is. And there is the giant Spock. <laughs> skeleton right. that was not from today's episode um it was something else just in passing today that i mean even if i told you what it was it wouldn't make any difference to you you wouldn't even know what i'm talking about and without context of the show it, it doesn't make any difference but um and that's why i'm not even trying to like tell you what it is because it doesn't make 
doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. But um, point being, it's it's all canon now. And and the other thing, you've watched the animated series, right? The Star Trek animated series. Uh no, I have not. Oh, I've seen, okay. Like a clip of one episode. Well, there are some really good episodes involved in there because they actually did bring back some of the original writers on the original series. Oh, nice. And so there is an episode that it's not great, but it's okay. That's basically a sequel to the Tribbles episode from the original <laughs> series. There is an episode that reuses the Guardian of Forever to go back in time, but they don't go back in time on Earth. They go back in time to Spock's childhood. And so you actually get to that's see the one that's the one I've seen. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the best one of the, the entire thing. Like if you're looking at that and saying, if you're having the argument with someone about is the animated series canon or not, um, that's the one that you would say, well, at least you want this one. Right. And that was written by one of the, um, the writers on the original series. She became a writer on the next generation and a showrunner on the next generation and also was involved in writing the motion picture. And um, I'm not sure how involved she was. I'm, I'm trying to remember if she wrote a draft that they ignored or not. I can't remember now. But but anyway, she was an important figure in, in Star Trek. And she wrote the strongest animated episode. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yours is a little more. <laughs> a little know. more concrete. Yeah. And, and a little more just makes sense in the context of, of all the continuities that you're talking about. But yeah. imagine you're doing a podcast about young justice and then all of a sudden, Hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you just added I on. I honestly would have been thrilled because that is the green lantern animated show is just fantastic. And it did not deserve to be canceled. Like it was. Um, yeah. So, uh, something else I've been streaming, talking about animated stuff, is the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Netflix reboot. Not the one by Kevin Smith, which is a continuation of the original show. But this is a reboot with all new character designs, and uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. And my understanding about this reboot is that they're doing it to try to grab the the youth audience that would have been interested in He-Man back in the day, and now they're grown up, and that's what Kevin Smith is for. Yes. And this is for their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. It, well, and I mean, they've just been milking their, their you know, license that they have of these characters. They had the She-Ra show, and now they've got two He-Mans, and, you know, uh, who knows what else they're going to do, but... I've watched the I think the fir- the whole first season and a little bit of the second and it's it's really interesting and engaging and the character designs are super cool and they're saving lots of budget by doing the uh anime trope of uh, tra- <laughs> transformation animation that yep. is the same every single time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but they're really cool looking. So <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I honestly, He-Man was a little bit young for me when it came. It was old for me. I didn't, I didn't ever was a He-Man person. Well, and my little brother was though. And so I watched it quite a lot because he, he watched it every night or every, every day after TV, after he would watch it on TV after school every day. And so I saw, you know, many, many episodes and actually grew to appreciate it some of the world building, but I love the He-Man comics that came with the, uh, the action figures. Oh. And I have a giant brick. That's just the mini comic collection. <laughs> and it's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. And they're not great, but they're, they're so imaginative. And the artwork is just phenomenal on a lot of them. And I just love the, the way that that franchise started with the toy with the comic in the toy and it was its own thing. And then they developed it for television and then they tried to steer the comics to be more like the television show and things like that. But I, I like franchise stuff like that, where you can kind of see and chart this, you know, the, the direction the franchise goes in. And now you're kind of in that same situation where you've got Kevin Smith doing a direct sequel to a children's show that kids today would never watch. 
because right. it's so it's old, you know, yeah. it's so then they're also trying to uh, retain shelf space at stores with toys that are not just the nostalgic toys because those are there, mm. but with toys that are for kids as well. And so they've got the they're trying to do the the, the TV show with, for the kids, you know, and so now you have the modern version of the kids show because the kids are never going to watch the old version. It's right. just so old fashioned and, and not great. When you watch it now, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, they played reruns on Cartoon Network when I was a kid. I never watched them. Well, and the animation trope that you were talking about the, with the uh, the transformation animation, that's not the only reused animation. They reused so much animation to, you know, oh, here's the character yeah, walking. Barbera, well, isn't it? It was not. It's filmation. But it's oh, basically that Hanna-Barbera style where <laughs> we're just going to reuse the walking cycles. We'll make one for everybody. And then we'll just, who's the character? Change the background. Yep, and yep. Re- reuse the the running. And I, I don't know. There might be two minutes of, of new animation in every episode or something <laughs> because they didn't have to do it. And and even back then as a kid, I, you know, I'm older kid, you know, but I'm watching it. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> they're just. Yeah. But it was well done because a lot of it was rotoscoped. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so the walking cycles looked really good. But yeah, I remember my, my little brother, there was one particular way that He-Man would run and it was a different angle, not just a side angle, but it was kind of a up three quarters angle kind of a thing. And my brother and He-Man's like, you know, running muscularly, you know, with his arms out. And my brother just seven or eight years old, he'd try and run like that all the time and just copy (laughs) that exact motion because you see it every episode more than once. I was watching uh, Batman Brave and the Bold with my kids, uh, I think this morning, actually. And we were watching one with uh, where he teams up with his own dog, Ace the Bat Hound. And there's this scene where Ace comes out and is rushing toward the bad guy, uh, which happens to be the camera. And the animation was awesome. I was like, wow, they put a lot of work into that uh, animation, that dog running at you animation. And then about... Uh, 60 seconds later, they used it again with a different background. I'm like, ah, <laughs> they liked it. They liked it too much. They're like, we got to do it a second time. <laughs> well, but you've seen the videos of uh, Disney animation, right? Where they reused yeah. Disney animation from like Robin Hood or, well, from Jungle Book in Robin Hood. Yes. Uh, saving time, saving money. But <laughs> yep. again, even as a kid, when I saw that, I was like, this is weird i've seen this before and then yeah it was saves time saves money when i was a kid i just chalked up to ah it's the disney style <laughs> but then, then you know if you know i'm like oh nope that's just a no, that's... straight up copy <laughs> hey they owned it they paid for it yep and they weren't anticipating you know home video Right, exactly. Where you're going to have it on the shelf next to each other for years and years and years. And if you have the right kids, you're going to watch it over and over again. So, yeah. So many things that they were not anticipating home video. And then, I mean, they were anticipating syndication and reruns. But Let's put this frame in here. Nobody will notice. (laughs) Until they do. (laughs) Some of that is really disturbing and almost angering. Yes. yes, yes. Well, and it's been eye-opening listening to the Disney, what is it, History Institute? Um, Yeah, DHI. Some of of that stuff behind the scenes. It's like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. (laughs) Great (laughs) podcast, though. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. So much research. and, And I would say every topic that he does is super interesting. I don't think there's been one where I'm like, Ah, I'm just going to have to listen to this to get through the next one. It's always been super interesting. DHI. All right. Uh, do we want to get to the spoilery ones? Do you well, have any- let's real quick. The other thing that I've been streaming and has been a part of my regular rotation has been a rewatch of Babylon five. And 
we don't have to talk about it much. I just want to say right now, Babylon 5 is so good. And <laughs> I am so much enjoying this rewatch. And wow, just so good. I bought it on DVD years and years and years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And that was the first time I watched it. It was on DVD after the fact, after all of the Babylon 5 had, had cycled through. They, they'd finished Babylon 5. That's when I came on board. And so it was great then. But watching it again now, there's so many things I've forgotten. And yeah, it's uh, season season three and season four are just amazing. Season five is the one that they didn't know they were going to get. And so they had filmed the series finale with season four, and then they got another season. And so they filmed a different season finale and then squeezed in season five in between season four and that that series finale. And I'm not quite there yet to that season finale or the series finale, but um, season five is not great. It's good. There's some good episodes, but it's not great. Mm. They actually did a really funny Lower Decks episode where it's two technicians just working around the station while there's an emergency and just kind of coming across the main characters every once in a while. And that one's really funny. It's co-written by Harlan Ellison. Nice. One of my favorite uh, Lower Decks things is Burn E from WALL-E. You ever see that? Yeah, his uh, his his short episode. Yeah, where he's trying to fix the light yeah, on the yeah. spaceship. <laughs> Great stuff. That's good. That's good. All right, so now, yeah, let's talk about, and I don't know which one you want to talk about first. She-Hulk. She-Hulk first? Okay. Yep. So let's talk with She-Hulk, then we'll talk about Rigs of Power. This is where spoiler things are going to be talked about. There's just no way around it because there's just no way around it. So quickly, I'm going to say, yeah, She-Hulk. I've, I've kind of enjoyed it. Quickly, Evan is going to say... I really, really like She-Hulk. <laughs> and uh, quickly, Rings of Power. Thumbs up from me. Quickly from you. Two thumbs up for me. Well, I I implied two thumbs up. Because I two did say thumbs. Two thumbs and two big toes up, Ben. I, I didn't think we could move to other appendages. So. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about She-Hulk. I'm okay. honestly real a little surprised how enthusiastic you have been about the show from the beginning. Whereas for me, today is the first episode where I've actually been like, yeah, this feels good. This feels right. It's moving. It's clipping along. They're doing stuff. The other episodes have just been kind of, yeah, it's, it's mildly amusing. Well, She-Hulk is one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters. So, like, this this and Spider-Man are the only MCU things I've been, like, super invested in from, you know, before seeing it, right? So, okay. I'm, you know, I was familiar with, you know, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, but before seeing the movies, it, they were just like, okay, they're there. I, I'm familiar with them. Um, because I'm a DC guy. But uh, Spider-Man, obviously, I, I grew up with that. And then before the show came out, I became a huge She-Hulk fan once I got into Marvel Comics. And re- especially uh, the Dan Slott run on the character. And uh, yeah, and they're taking a lot of stuff out of that. This is, and this has been, this is the one, the one show that when they announced the, all the shows they were doing, I was like, this is the one that I care most about. This is the one that I'm super excited to see. And they have not let me down. No, it's been like, it's She-Hulk. It is, you know, and I'm curious if the fourth wall breaking is going to turn out to be a plot point for it. That would be cool. That would be very cool. You know, where we find out there is like a split personality or something like that. But even if they don't, I, (laughs) I, it's interesting, you know, because that's that's a part of She-Hulk. That was something she was doing before Deadpool. Well, and... I lo- I loved it in the first episode where she breaks the fourth wall and then catches herself breaking the fourth wall. And, and so does Bruce. He's mm-hmm. like, 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. But well, now that's just that scene is actually the one where I wonder if it is going to be something more than just a joke. You know, where is it going to be something where people are noticing her doing this? Yeah. And is there someone watching? You know, is she talking to the watcher or is there a split personality or, you know, whatever it might be? Or is it just going to be? It's funny. It's a sitcom. It's what we do. Well, the uh, in the Dan Slot run, there's a huge arc involving the TVA. And I would love to see them cross those two shows over. I think that would be very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, this, and I'm, I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of another MCU property that has been this close to a one-to-one adaption of the comic book. Um, because like even her character design, like they could have leaned in really heavily to the, uh, you know, like they did with, uh, Mark Ruffalo where the Hulk really kind of looks like Mark Ruffalo in his face. But when she turns into She-Hulk, she just looks like She-Hulk from the comic books. It's just straight up. Um, and like I said, they're taking a lot of stuff for the Dan Slot run and, and her whole personality, everything she's doing, it it feels to me just like spot on, perfect She-Hulk. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Marvel, I feel like they pulled like specific okay, yeah. scenes and stuff from the comic. But they ch- they totally changed her whole power set and origin. So it's not... Yeah, so but not a one to one. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, She-Hulk is not a one to one with origin. Yeah, I mean, she's it was still involved a car wreck <laughs> and the blood. What's mixing. funny is that it's just like and we're going to skip everything. Yeah. And just do it as fast as possible. Yeah. They're That's in a car wreck ho- together. It's not a blood transfusion. She has a cut, he has a cut, and the blood gets in there and done. We got Well, it. did you did you catch the uh um, uh, the the reference to it in in like the third episode was like, uh, will you comment on was this a, a botched mafia hit? Which in the comic books that is her origin. It was a botched mafia hit. Uh, what I did catch was the way that, and this might have been I might be reading into it, but in the pilot episode of The Incredible Hulk, David Banner is researching. Uh, people's adrenaline and things like that. And one of the things that happens in that is they have a woman who her son was trapped in a car at a car accident and she was able to just lift the car and get him out. And so I wondered if there's a little bit of a reference there where she's like getting him out and stuff like that. But yeah, I might be reading into that because car accidents, that's a pretty common thing Yeah, (laughs) in TV shows. What do you think's going on with Bruce Banner in the show? Well, see, that's interesting because, yeah, he's off in space. And is that tying into the end of Spider-Man Far From Home and where Sam Jackson is out there? Like, is he going out to check on Sam Jackson? That would be cool. Maybe. Maybe we'll Well, find out in Secret Invasion. Yeah, I mean, the uh, it was a Sakaran ship, right, that that took him off the road. So it's interesting that they're not explaining much of that. They say that secret invasion is going to be the next kind of big crossover thing. Oh, cool. I can't. And so, um, I don't know what that exactly means other than I know like Maria Hill is going to be in it. Sam Jackson is is going to be in it. Scrolls are involved. Um, how many, how many, uh, dead act uh, characters you think they're going to rope back into being in that thing? I don't know. <laughs> because that's one of the big parts of the uh, the comic is the spaceship lands and everybody comes out and it's like, wait, are these the real Avengers? Have the Avengers we've been with the whole time fake? Well, you know? <laughs> they could. Like, that's I've been curious about that. Like, are we going to find out the people that we've been spending time with have been fake the same way that we found out like Sam Jackson? Yeah was fake in a whole movie, you know, there's gotta well, be at least one, at least one major character has got to be a scroll and has and, been a scroll this whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And kudos to them if they make it Electra, but they're not going to, they're, <laughs> well, they're, I don't know how true this is. And I don't know what this means for the canonicity of uh daredevil from Netflix, but they're recasting Electra. Are they? 
That's what they are saying. Because there's a big controversy that they are recasting her with someone who's not Greek. Huh. And there's all this. Is she, is she originally Greek in the yeah, comics? Yeah. She oh, is. she is. Okay. Electra Nachos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shows you how much I know about Daredevil comics. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just <laughs> – up until this episode, this episode felt like a sitcom episode that was just blasting through and it wasn't joke, 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 but there was enough and there's stuff happening. But like the previous episode, I just, I felt like they were trying to be that sitcom episode, but we didn't know the characters and they didn't introduce them the way a sitcom would introduce them. A sitcom introduces everybody at the beginning. So you know what you're getting. And then everyone gets B plots. You know, like you've got the whole cast is involved. And so like last episode, they throw in, here's this cast member that you saw for two minutes, maybe. And he's an important part of things. And it's just, oh, okay. Well, I'll roll with it. Now, with that said, it's still been really good. I've been enjoying it, but not as much. I might have a, you know, different reaction to that because I was familiar with all those characters that were showing up. I'm like, oh, it's him. Oh, it's her. Oh, it's him. Oh, and I was not. Yeah. From the no, comic I... show. Yeah. It's all Dan Slot. It's all Dan Slot's run. All the characters. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. The The tone of it is all, I'm familiar with that from John Byrne. Right. Yeah. So like I'm, you go back in the eighties and the tone of things is she's talking to the camera or talking to the reader. She's yeah. walking through panels, you know, yeah. like she's, she's pushing her way through the panel border. Not just walking through panels because one panel shows her here, one panel shows her there. We actually see her going between in the gutter, you know, and um, yeah. And so I'm enjoying the tone for sure. It's it's been a lot of fun to see that. I mean, I've been enjoying seeing the the cameos have been good. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, the MCU cameos. Was it Blonsky? Is that his name? Yeah, Emil Blonsky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we went back and watched the original Hulk movie, and yeah, very very drastic change in that character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I was surprised she won. Like I'm like I wouldn't yeah. let him go. What are you doing? <laughs> well, like. Where do they come up with this stuff? He's got seven soulmates who are funding him. To go back. <laughs> Which, like, is there a precedent in real life that you're copying this from? Or did you just make this yes. up off the top of your head? There is. Yes. No. Uh, people will get into pen pal relationships with prisoners, especially high profile prisoners. And it becomes something. I mean, they're playing it for laughs, obviously, but. Right. You know, but there were people who like were sending Charles Manson mail and got into, you know, he, he had this relational power over them, even over the mail. And yeah, no, it is, that is not, uh, completely out of the blue. Now the whole seven soulmates thing might be, but yeah, no, that's not unusual. Serial killers get, uh, pen pals who want their attention and who say they're in love and it's it's a weird real thing weird yeah i did like how she calls bruce to make sure that he's okay with her representing him well and that was the joke that when they said it i was like oh and then i missed it in our episode about it for welcome to level seven so we do it in a post credit of the the next episode we're talking about ms marvel but the joke of i was a completely different person back then yeah, literally. <laughs> I I love how much they're embracing that movie with this show, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and very just... interesting that it's such so weird because they didn't put any clips from it at all in the Marvel Legends recap. Have you have you seen any of those? I have not watched this one, but that doesn't surprise me at all because they don't own the rights. Right, I know, and it's it's just weird to me that like you're you're leaning so much into this history and I mean, they've confirmed its history through what if, you know, and, and now through this show um, that it is part of the MCU, but it's, it's just weird to me that they wouldn't try to get the rights to put clips in to their uh, legends recap thing when there's so many uh, 
references to it. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. They used clips of the Hulk in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In Iron Man 2. In Iron Man 2. So but Iron I mean, Man 2, wasn't, that bef- wasn't Iron Man 2 before Disney bought him? Or bought Marvel Studios? Yes. Yeah, so it probably still had the rights to the footage. Well, but it, it, it was still two different. So Iron Man, I believe, was Paramount? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I might be wrong about that, but it was a different distribution company. Mm. And Universal just held on to those distribution rights. And, <laughs> and what are they even doing with it? Nothing. Like, it's not on Peacock or anything, right? It is on HBO Max for some oh, reason. Oh, that's where it showed up. Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's where we just watched it. And by the way, I do love that movie. Like the whole beginning with him in uh, Nicaragua or wherever it is. That's, that's some, those are some great scenes. Yeah, and that makes it part of that soft reboot that they did with it because he leaves uh, in the, at the end of Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, and goes to South America. Huh. And <laughs> so it's kind of this weird soft reboot where yeah angley's hulk did not happen but for the casual viewer who watched that that's where we left him so we're gonna start there and, yeah and then well, we're gonna well, kind of rewrite the origin yeah. and and reference the incredible hulk tv series with his origin yeah which was really cool well for the first time this is the first time i have watched it since i knew what the everyman song or the Lonely Man song. Lonely was, Man, uh, yeah. yeah. Was. And so that's the first time I heard it in the, in the movie. And then the, he's watching TV and sees Bill Bixby in, uh, oh, I can't remember the, the sitcom he was in. Sesame Street. Huh? Oh, was he it Sesame was, Street that he was? He was watching a Sesame Street episode. I don't know if. He, he sees a sitcom that Bill Bixby was in. Oh, okay. And Bill Bixby was, was David Brenner, Banner. David Bruce Banner as they well that was revealed. his alias that he was going by uh, when he well was... no no he his real name in the show was just going to be David Banner no I but... meant in the, in the movie that his oh, alias gotcha. was David Banner that's what he was yeah in disguise as because in I... every episode of that show he had a different alias but it was always a D B <laughs> so it was like Dan. Beethoven or something like that. Like it was just very easy to figure out. Oh, that's uh, that's David Banner right over there. Well, in Ang Lee's Hulk, wasn't David Banner's dad? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a great film. <laughs> the, I the appreciate desert, it. The desert fight part is really cool, and the uh, the San Francisco fight part, but like the rest of it, not not a fan. <laughs> Too, yeah too many poodles too many oh my fights. word i forgot about that yeah too, too many yep. fights that you can't see what's going on too many conversations that you can't hear what's going on yeah all right well let's talk about the anything more about she hulk before we move on to rings of power nope okay let's talk about rings of power okay which people were hating before it came out People was hating She-Hulk too, after it's come out. Yeah, the She-Hulk hate after it came out. I don't know what to think about people sometimes. I think I'm just my comic book history with the character has negated so much of that because it's like, okay, maybe it, maybe you might have a point that it's you know feminism gone mad or whatever, but it's exactly like the comic books so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And <laughs> I don't feel like it's gone mad. No, I me mean, either. the things that they're talking about and the things that they're doing in this show are, yeah, it is. It's Ally McBeal. You know, it's, it's a, a woman who is a lawyer and she becomes a superpower being. And this is what we're going to show. Yeah. Well, and everybody, that. everybody's like, Oh, she's, she's, they're showing her. She's so much better than Bruce. You know, and she she could just do everything perfectly right off the bat and stuff. It's like, well, 
it's a completely different set of circumstances. It's a completely different Hulk manifestation. And also, uh, you know, some of the stuff she's saying is not correct. She's in denial about some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That was my big thing with the first episode. I would get so frustrated when they're trying to talk to each other because neither of them are listening to each other. Yeah. Now it's great drama. And well-written because they're not listening to each other. But I'm just like, I said this in our Welcome to Level 7 episodes where it's like, just shut up, both of you, and listen to each other. Because Bruce has valuable experience and she has valuable experience. And what she's saying about how she's feeling, he needs to just stop and listen to her and yeah. understand. Like, where is she coming from? Listen to her. And and she needs to listen to him because he's gone through it. You know, he exactly. can ask. Just shut up, both of you. But that was the relate. drama. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Rings of Power. Rings of Power. We're both liking it, apparently. Yeah. I, watching the trailer, I was like, this is going to be awesome. I mean, because I and I've, I was aware of all the hate for it, but I now that I've seen it, I'm like, why? Why are you hating it? <laughs> I don't understand. And maybe it is because, um, I guess it's not as faithful to the source material. I'm not familiar. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I I have read some of the source material. I've not studied the source material. Huh. And so, if you're a scholar of the source material, maybe you're just going to hate this because it's just not paying attention but what i do know and what i've seen in these two episodes that have come out i've really enjoyed it it has it, been yeah fun there's yeah there's a lot going on a lot of different uh pockets of characters and that's probably my one frustration would be like i'm curious how are they going to bring these characters together <laughs> Are they going to bring these characters together? I actually kind of like it because it's like, okay, like anytime they don't give you a chance to get bored because every, every, mm -hmm. you know, story is so interesting and they just keep cutting from one to another and, and I'm loving it. What I, yeah, I, I would compare it to not any existing novel, but I would compare it to a novel where you have like just a wide, wide cast of characters and eventually they got to come together at some point. You hope. But Lord of the Rings, I mean, if you look at that, the Fellowship of the Ring is all about characters coming together. But then after that, they don't come back together until the very end. Yeah. It's just they're going off there. They're going off there. Um, but that's part of like, I didn't like Stranger Things for I mean, I, I did like it. But the thing that I didn't like in Stranger Things season four was the, the characters stayed apart from each other for so long. And I wanted to see them together again and not be like spending the whole series, like waiting and waiting and waiting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's I, what season five is for. Yeah, you know, probably, probably. But for me, I, part of the whole separating characters is effective when you spent time with them together. And I just feel like we didn't get that much there here in rings of power you've got all these separate storylines going on. And so it might be a little confusing to follow the, the separate storylines, but, um, but it feels so fairy tale-ish. It feels so epic. Oh, you've yeah. got these things going on where it's like, you know, you've got uh, Elrond over here doing his thing with the dwarves. And it's like, this feels like it came out of Norse mythology. Well, it feels yeah. like it, it's it feels like it could have been in the Hobbit movie. It's so, you know, the the they've not they've spared no expense. Oh, definitely. Like definitely. Yeah. And the music. So Howard Shore, who did the movies, mm -hmm. I guess composed the main theme. Mm -hmm. Uh but Bear McCreary, who is one of my modern uh soundtrack masters, I would say. Uh, that I really just like everything he's done. He did Battlestar Galactica. He did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he did just a bunch of different things. Um, and here he is doing Howard Shore. And he is bringing back some of those themes. And there is a character who I'm like, I think I know who that's going to be. 
based on the music that they're playing right now, (laughs) because it was definitely referencing, you know, a theme from Lord of the Rings. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks gorgeous. I I don't mind telling you I was blown away, blown away, Um, because like I said, the trailer looked cool, but I was not expecting it's it's just film quality. This could be easily have been in a movie theater and you wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay, this is a TV thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just they and they, they appear to be doing the same tricks, you know, with with the size of characters and things like that. And it just they they've done a fantastic job of creating if not Tolkien's world and Tolkien's uh story uh they've done a great job of creating what feels like a prequel to what we've seen before yeah yeah well i've i've <laughs> i thought it was so cool that you saw you know sauron back when he's in his prime um I mean, they could do another. They could do another prequel series to this prequel series, where it's the war with Morgoth or whatever. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, oh, what were we talking about recently? Oh, Jurassic World, mm-hmm. where Jurassic World's like, hey, this is going on over here, and I'm like, that's the movie I want to see. Oh, we're gonna overdo this movie. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. And then, and then they come back to it at the end. It's like, wait a minute, I wanted to see the movie that happened between the prologue and the epilogue. Yeah, where's that? But yeah, they totally could have done that here. And they're just like, this happened, yeah. and now it's done. And this is what our characters are doing. It's like, what? It was cool to see the the whatever it is, Valinor, the heaven, basically. Yeah. That is cool because that's I mean that's where Frodo and Bilbo go at the end of Lord of uh Return of the King. Yep. And uh, it's cool yeah. to see to see it. And of course, obviously the, the all of the primordial Lord of the Rings lore is all based on you know Genesis and the Christian um creation and and theology. So it would have been cool to see more of that. Yeah, I I don't know what source material they're allowed to pull from. If they're allowed to pull from the Silmarillion or if they're just like taking the appendices from the Lord of the Rings and extrapolating from that. Again, I'm not a Tolkien scholar. I am not a super fan. I absolutely adore the Lord of the Rings. And The Hobbit is one of my favorite novels of all time. And I have studied some with The Hobbit and the Red, like, early drafts and reread things, different things with that. But I'm not a deep dive into the lore, so I'm not going to be offended by what this adds or leaves out. But Same. I am enjoying it. Yes. Well, and me and my wife have been watching it together. And it's it's shocked me how much I know <laughs> about Tolkien and stuff. She's asking me questions, and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My my girlfriend in high school did uh, speak Elvish, or at least she could read and write it. So that might have something to do with it. We were pretty into it <laughs> at the time. All right. Well, that's what we're streaming. Fall 2022. And I'm excited to see where Rings of Power goes. Yeah. That For the future of that show, they're talking, I don't know, is, is it five seasons or something like that? Um, they've dropped millions of dollars. They're anticipating dropping at least $2 billion in the grand scheme of things with this show. And it just makes me feel comfortable knowing that there's going to be an ending here. Yeah. Like it's been review bombed because again, it's, it's, uh, you know, the dwarf wives don't have beards <laughs> and, and we've never seen people of color or hobbits of color, but we're seeing them here. Yeah. And so that's that's just an abomination, which I just I ugh, I can't get over some of the things that happen because of the internet right now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But beyond the review bombs and things like that, and, and then there's the other side too, you know, people will review things and give it one star before it even comes out. But then you also look at the stats and it's like, well, wait a minute, 
all these one stars are from before it came out, but all these 10 stars are before it came out too. Like what's, mm-hmm. uh, I guess they're trying to, you know, even the scales or whatever, but eh, you still, you did, you haven't seen it yet. And you're giving it 10 stars. That's just as bad, isn't it? Well, I guess it's a different kind of bad. Let's put it that way. But anyway, I feel good knowing we're probably going to get an ending here and there's got to be a plan here. So Evan, final words, final words. Uh, watch out for those K dramas, people. <laughs> They're like tribbles. Yeah. They just keep multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> so my final word is thank you so much for listening. Uh, definitely. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about the, the different shows we've been talking about today, or if there's something you're streaming uh, right now that you're like, this is great. You guys should check it out. Let us know at studio Avery at gmail.com or at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash strangers and aliens, or go to our website, strangers and We can find some other places to contact us. Also, don't forget. I've been posting a lot of videos on YouTube over the last few weeks. I hope to continue that trend. But that's at youtube.com slash strangers and aliens. I've been having a lot of fun doing that and plan to continue. And until next time, I just want to say once again, thanks for spending time with us. Thanks for joining us in this conversation. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I don't know what to think about people.